We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you ready for rapid fire? Let's get right into it, baby. Let's do it. Okay, so Notre Dame favored by seven and a half as of this afternoon. Do you like them to cover? I love them to cover. I'll keep it short and simple. Um, UConn and NC State were tied, you know, seven to seven, or I, and then it got ten to seven right before halftime off a last second field goal. Um, I think it's criminal that Notre Dame is only a seven point favor in this game, <laughs> seven and a half, depending on what book you're on. Um, me personally, I put $150 on them to cover the spread. So that should Ooh, tell you how confident I am in that spread. All right. All right. Stymie says he is confident, but uh, he is not betting on it. Jesse is confident, and he did bet on it. Uh, yeah, I'm seven and a half, I think so as well. We're not going to give away our uh, predictions on this show. We will save that for countdown to kick off, but I am very, very confident. I do have Notre Dame winning by uh, a good shade more than just eight points. So I'm, I'm very confident in that. I think it's going to work out. And again, if you go back to the weather, if indeed it does end up being a rainy day, I think that that favors Notre Dame much more than it favors North Carolina State in this game. So good weather, bad weather, whatever. I think it favors Notre Dame. We've got some score predictions that have been coming in here. Um, what about the over-under, 50 and a half points? What do you like there? Hmm. I'm actually not a fan of touching the over under in this game because of the inclement, you know, chance of weather, you know, Notre Dame can keep the ball on the ground. Um, and then also to me, like Notre Dame's defense hasn't showed me that, that they are going, that they're going to give up a lot of points. I know that they haven't played, you know, great offenses or, or anything like that, but I mean, they're still playing assignment sound. They're still playing fast. Um, and as long as they contain Brendan Armstrong, I, I just don't see North Carolina scoring a lot of points. And so even if Notre Dame racks up, you know, 38 points themselves and it's 38 to 10, you know, that's 48 points. And we still don't hit that 50 and a half, uh, 50 and a half point over under. So I'm kind of leaning towards the under right now, to be honest with you, just because of, you know, Notre Dame's defensive presence and the, the, the chance of inclement rain, you know, throughout the day. Yeah. Droop 75 says people are underestimating how good NC yeah. State is at home. I just, okay, I, you know, I want, what is it, like 18 of their last 20 they've won at home? But 
they play the ACC. Notre Dame has won 28 straight games against the ACC. And I just don't buy that, especially for a noon kickoff, as some great hostile environment. Notre Dame has only played there once, and that was in the hurricane seven years ago. So I just – I I agree with what you're saying. If the weather is bad – and I should have thought of that before I placed my wager. <laughs> but if the weather is bad, you're right. I definitely under 50 and a half. But otherwise, if it's if it's just, you know, some light sprinkles and stuff like they did see in Ireland, I like this game to go well over 50 and a half points. That's the same thing I felt. But again, I, I just don't feel comfortable with how good Notre Dame's defense has been. Um, that North Carolina State's going to contribute. And then if you throw in the fact that it might rain, that's going to slow down Notre Dame's offensive production a little yes. bit as well. Andre saying 56 to 10. Corey Oof. saying 42 to 17. Old Grim saying 38. It's a lot of overs. 17. Yeah. That's uh, again, if the, if the weather is good and the weather is cooperating, I think that a couple of those scores, especially like Corey's and Old Grim's, are kind of the ballpark that I'm looking at. But if it gets sloppy out there, then that can change things quite a bit. That's that's literally a, a, a game changer. But I think I think the weather is going to dictate that. I like I like the over if the weather is good. So now I just have to hope the weather is good <laughs> because I've already put my money someplace. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're looking for last-minute tickets to this weekend's big matchup between Notre Dame and NC State, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. 
Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co. Okay, so we were talking about running backs a little bit bit ago. Just touched on the running backs a little bit. Here's Marcus Freeman on the running back group that he's got. As far as the running backs room, again, it, it's a, a talented room that, that has uh, a lot of guys that can help us. And, and I love what Coach Dillon is doing in terms of having certain packages for certain guys and, and um, being able to really um, use all the the positive attributes that they have. And so, um, again, it, it takes uh, a great coach but a great room to continue to be unselfish because there's one ball, but everybody's embracing the role and um, really helping our offense perform at a high level. So there you go, Jess. My question to you is, do you think the share of carries, the way the, the, the carries have been split so far for the running backs, will it change as Notre Dame faces better competition than they've seen so far? Uh, no, I don't believe so. And I think that the reason why um, I think these early games were a nice way to break these running backs in, I guess you could say a little bit. Um, but Marcus Freeman hit on the head. These running backs have different positive attributes or different skills that they might be a little bit better at. Uh, compared to the guy next to him in the running back room. And we just kind of talked about it a little bit and what we can expect, you know, uh, out of the Notre Dame offense. If, if Notre Dame wants to attack the edge, like like we said that they were going to, I think you do that with Jeremiah Love. Um, I think you do that with some of your, maybe, you know, you, your guys that are a little bit, you know, shiftier and a little bit quicker. Um, and then you use someone like Audric Estime to really pound the ball um, up the middle and between the tackles when it calls for it, right? And so I just think that different situations did call for a different kind of, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't say running back, but the, <laughs> when you have the depth that Notre Dame does and that you have guys who can do different things, you have certain plays that work better for different running backs. And if you're trying to attack at certain part of the field or stretch out a little bit more instead of getting downhill, I think it calls for a different kind of running back. So I don't really see, and especially with Devin Ford out, I don't see that these running backs uh, that 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 that, that their you know carries are, are split up really any other way. I really don't either. I think it's all situational. And you go back to this to, to the list of jobs that Dela McCullough has for these running backs. I think it's more about that than it is necessarily level of competition. Now the jobs can change as maybe the 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 speed of the competition, the proficiency of the defense, and things like that ratchet up, but. So far, Audric Estime has 29 carries for over 200 yards through two games. And then you go, Jeremiah Love has nine carries. Jabron Payne has 12 carries. Jadarian Price has six. And we were talking about Devin Ford hasn't necessarily been as big a factor in the offense. He has two. I still think, you know, I like what Jabron Payne has done. I, 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 you know, again, in spots, I think Jeremiah Love and especially Jadarian Price as well, like their speed changes things. But I think it's about what they're trying to accomplish on the given play. And you heard Marcus right. Freeman talk about it, how they have how the way he is able to sort of mix up different packages for what the play calls for and get that guy 
on the field. So I don't think it's necessarily going to be dictated by who they're playing. I think it's all just going to be dictated on, you know, what the, what the play calls for in terms of who gets out there on the field. And a lot of it is still going to be the, you know, the answer is still going to be Audric estimate because of who he is and his unique skill set. So Michael, Michael, like chiming in, coming in hard. He says, stop the NC state defense is really similar to playing Navy and they are not a highly talented offense. Uh, So I, I get what he's saying here. Um, the, 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 well, I mean, for one, I didn't say they are really similar to Navy. The scheme is similar to Navy. To me, that's where the similarities begin and end. Like, I, I, I so you know, like if you're going to nitpick, I didn't say that they were really similar. There's similarities in the scheme. Yeah, there's similarities in the scheme. Um, but I think over, like they are. North Carolina State is a very good defense. Um, last year, they were the number one scoring defense in the country. Um, they know how to get sacks. They know how to take the ball away. They're a really good unit. I think the only thing that holds them back this year is they only have four returning guys from that defense last year. So even though the formation is the same, they had a really good defense last year. It's going to give Notre Dame fits. It's given Sam Hartman's fit fits in the past, but Sam Hartman has, hasn't had the offensive line talent that he has in the past to be able to Correct. pick up these stunts from NC state. And I don't think he's had quite the talent in the running back room to relieve the pass game. Um, like he has in the past, right? And so even when things were going bad in the past at Wake Forest, he was just told to keep airing the ball out. That's no longer the case. He has a run game that can relieve the pass game if things aren't going um, well. So do I think that, you know, Notre Dame is going to have a bit of a struggle with North Carolina State defense? Yeah, it's a good defense. And it, it's fundamentally, uh, uh, you know, the three-three-five. it works for what they're trying to do. Um, I just think that Sam Hartman with this new line and, and you know, I would say, you know, toys to play with that running back and wide receiver. It's going to be a, a much different outcome than what we've seen um, in the past. Yep. Going back to the spreads, Bill says Notre Dame is the number five team against the spread in college football over the last five years. They're often underestimated. Now, I haven't looked back historically over the last five years, but remember they were horrible against the spread last year, especially as a double-digit favorite. Now, they are not double-digit favorites in this game, obviously, because as we just talked about, Seven and a half was the latest line that I saw. And maybe that's a good thing because when the spreads were closer, that's when Notre Dame fared much better. It was when they were double digit favorites last year that they really laid the eggs. So take that for what you will. Yep. So USC quarterback Caleb Williams is apparently willing to stay in school if he doesn't want to play for the team that ends up with the first pick in the NFL draft next year. Caleb's dad, Carl Williams, says his son could stay at USC for an extra year if he doesn't like the environment of the team that has the number one pick. Here's the quote from GQ magazine. The funky thing about the NFL process is he'd almost be better off not being drafted than being drafted first. The system is completely backwards. The way the system is constructed, you go to the worst possible situation, the worst possible team, the worst organization in the league because of their desire for parity gets the first pick. So it's the gift and the curse. So if there's not a good situation, the truth is he can come back to school. End quote. Carl Williams, Caleb's dad. So what do you think of this, Jesse? Caleb Williams might uh, might not declare for the draft, depending on who ends up with the number one pick. So uh, first of all, I'm just going to say with a blanket statement, this, this comment is completely stupid, first and <laughs> foremost. I'm going to dissect it piece by piece now. Oh. Um, and, and, the, 
and the quote, he says, the system is completely backwards. That is completely false. The worst team deserves the best player because obviously they need it, right? So that is not the system being backwards. That's just Caleb Williams. Not that, That's just him not wanting his son to be put into a bad situation because he's going to be the first overall pick. That leads me to my second point. It doesn't matter if you are you know, Caleb Williams this season or Caleb Williams next season, you're going to be the top tier quarterback. You're going to be the number one pick overall. And so it's going to be a bad team probably drafting you no matter what. Right. Unless it's like, that's why they have the number one pick, right? Unless it's that situation where, you know, the Cowboys drafted Ezekiel Elliott because their starting quarterback was hurt the whole season, but they had a ton of talent. That doesn't happen very often. You're going to be, you're going to get drafted by a team that desperately needs you because you're desperately bad. That's not a dependent, you know, that's not dependent on the year. That's the facts every single year. And so to me, it just sounds like, you know, Caleb Williams wants, wants his, uh, he he just wants it all. He wants to be the best player and he wants to go to the best team and have an immediate impact. Well, it's just not going to happen like that. And no matter what, you're going to be drafted by a bad team because that's the reason why they're drafting first overall. And I mean, this is really no different potentially than like, John Elway being drafted by the Colts and saying, I'm not going to the Colts. And he ends up getting traded to Denver. And he was saying before the draft, don't draft me because I'm not going to sign with you. And it's no different than Eli Manning getting his dad, Archie, to get him out of San Diego and get him traded for Phillip Rivers to go to the Giants. They did, It's, you know, same deal. They didn't want to go to the Chargers. They, they got the deal worked and he went to the Giants instead. So what Caleb Williams has is a year of eligibility that he hopes to leverage. Like, I wonder if this is actually directed at the Arizona Cardinals because there's already <laughs> been this talk about the Cardinals. It 100% is. Well, yeah, and they're, you know, like the Cardinals tanking for picks and look at what they've done, you know, with the, they, they drafted Josh Rosen a few years ago. They hired, uh, you know, a new head coach the next year and uh, they let him draft his quarterback. So they, you know, they went with quarterbacks at the top of the draft a couple of years in a row. And now there's all this talk about, are they tanking to get Caleb Williams? You know, so how much is specific to Arizona? I think in this whole deal, because just as you said, no matter what, the worst team is going to get the number one pick because they're the worst team. So it's not going to be an optimal situation no matter what, but you know, just look at what, just look at what some of these young quarterbacks have done for the teams that they've been drafted by, you know, like Cincinnati picked very high. Look at what they've done with Joe Burrow already. And, you know, look at, look at the chargers as an example with, with Herbert in the same draft. So yeah, it's, I would be really curious to see if he actually does indeed stay in school for another year, because like, you know, you can say, well, he risks injury and all that kind of stuff, which he does, but there's also a heck of a lot of NIL money floating around out there right now that makes things a little bit easier for someone potentially like him who would want to stay in school for another year and still at least make some money before being drafted. So I'd be really curious to see if he actually follows through on this. Yep. And it it just, to me, it sounds like, you know, we we know Caleb Williams has been a dedicated to his craft ever since he was a kid, right? Like I remember them talking about it last year that he had a dietitian and all this stuff. And it was, you know, Caleb Williams wanted these things because he wanted to be good. I just think that Caleb Williams and his father fear for a guy that's been great his whole life, 
that they don't want all of that hard work and everything to go to waste because of a potential spot that doesn't fit, you know, for Caleb Williams at the end of the day. So um, it, it, it just simply comes down to they don't want to go from the best to the worst uh, at the end of the day. But, you know, that's the consequences of being the best player. If you're the best player, you are expected to be able to pull a team out of poverty, essentially. Yeah. Salty said Williams' dad is waiting on the uh, flip draft when the Super Bowl winner yeah. picks first. Not likely. Yeah. And it's like you also wouldn't take a quarterback because you just won the Super you Bowl. You got a franchise quarterback if you're right. winning the Super Bowl. That's right. Brett says $3 million a year NIL for Caleb in the article he read. And I've seen around that amount as well. And, I mean – if he ends up winning a second Heisman, you can could you imagine the money that he can cash in on by staying for another year as well? No, I could not because it would be a lot of money. Yep. That's right. That's right. Tony Dorsett, yeah, went to our team as the top player. They were already pretty good before Tony, but Tony <laughs> put him over the top, helped him win Super Bowl twelve. Cal Chancellor Carol Chris says the ACC is interested in using Dallas as a place where teams in the new conference could potentially come together to play to minimize the impact of travel for the Eastern and Western schools. What do you think of this possibility? Like instead of traveling all the way across country, you meet in Dallas where SMU is located and maybe you play some neutral site games. What do you think of that? Um, I think it doesn't matter unless uh, for football, it doesn't matter. I, it, it, it's it, not going to happen for football. Yeah, we're, we're talking about Olympic sports, basically. I think that's a, it's honestly a great idea because of the market that you're in. Um, and then the fact that it, the only thing that would suck is you, you would play on a neutral site, but you know, and, and some of these sports, how much does a home field advantage really, you know, matter at the end of the day. And if you are concerned about travel and cutting down, you know, the, the they're taking away study time, homework time from a lot of these players, then I think a neutral ground is a good way to start the conversation and a really good idea um, to, to, to get the brainstorming kind of going uh, amongst these people because it's a problem, obviously, and it, it, you can't just can, you keep saying it's a problem and a problem without, you know, proposing anything to fix it. So I like that there is already an initiative and brainstorming going on. And I think it's something that ultimately would work at the end of the day, to be honest with you. Yeah, I do too. And like you could potentially send like Cal basketball or, you know, women's basketball. You know, maybe, maybe not the basketballs just because there's more revenue possibilities, at least with basketball home games than some of the other sports. But like softball and swimming and, uh, you know, some of these different kind of sports that aren't necessarily the revenue generators where you can send them to Dallas where the, the, the weather is good most of the time and you could you could potentially have you know like a, a couple of games in the same weekend against different teams by playing in Dallas and you could kill a cut you know like double up and kill a couple birds with one stone so I, I think that it is a uh, I think it's an interesting an interesting proposal and it, it sounds like they're probably gonna do this at least for some sports and you know I, travel is is the biggest thing, again, going back to what you were just talking about with the academics and missed class time and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I think that this could really help some of that when you're, because that's like the biggest thing that everyone wants to talk about is the fact that, okay, you're in California and you're in South Florida, or you're, you know, you're on the East Coast in these different kind of places. So again, 
It's not going to be for football. I doubt that it would be for the basketballs because, you know, again, at least more revenue opportunities. But for other sports, I think it's a uh, it's an interesting way to potentially do some of this. So of the teams that lost last weekend, LSU, these three teams, LSU, Clemson, TCU, who do you give the best chance to be a playoff contender? Yeah, out of those teams that lost last week, LSU, Clemson, TCU, I think the far, um, the, the easy answer, and uh, I don't think it's really a dispute, is LSU. Um, TCU uh, has a really bad defense, um, and I don't uh, – their offense, I, I don't know what to take from because, you know, they played Colorado, so that's also probably not a great defense in terms of a national comparison. Um, LSU – doesn't have a quarterback that's dynamic. They don't have a quarterback that is a game changer like Watson or Lawrence that they've been spoiled by in the past. Um, I just don't think Clay or Cade Klubnick is going to get the job done. So then you look at LSU, you look at the talent of four and five star recruits that they bring in. Um, you know, I'm still very high on on Daniels at quarterback, and ultimately that's what has me over you know LSU over Clemson is that Daniels is a far better quarterback than Klubnick, and he showed far more flashes of greatness uh, compared to club Nick. And so, you know, it, it's, it's a tough matchup the first game of the season to have to play another ranked opponent on the road. Um, but I think LSU will get it together. And, and ultimately they have the best chance out of those three. I tend to agree because, you know, like for, for what you outlined just with, with, with the personnel and what those teams have on the roster, I'm crossing TCU off. I, I just don't see it because even last year, they, they won a handful of one score games and, you know, like 10-point games and, and those kind of things. Their defense is obviously worse. Their 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 offense is okay. You know, they play BYU. They play Kansas State. They play Texas, Oklahoma, and Houston. I just don't see them coming out of this thing and being a playoff team again. I think that that was like a, you know, a, a, a once-in-a-lifetime kind of deal for TCU. Clemson, I don't see any way they're beating both Florida State and Notre Dame this season. And that's what they would have to do. Like, I give them a chance to contend in the ACC still, but in terms of playoff team, no, I, I just don't see it. LSU, I just give the best chance, even though they've got to play Alabama. Again, you got to remember, it's a non-conference loss that they've got. They've got to go to Ole Miss. They've got to go to Alabama. They've got Arkansas and Texas A&M. So they don't have an easy <laughs> slate by any means, but just with what they've got, you know, they could potentially lose one game and still get into the SEC championship game, and then you never know after that. So I've got to give LSU the best shot just because the other two, I just don't see it by any stretch. Football season is upon us, which means my schedule is ramping up even more than normal, and it makes it a lot harder to spend as much time cooking and preparing meals as I want and need. And eating healthy can be especially challenging. That's why I'm looking forward to getting ramped up with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, which can help me fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to my door. With Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store and save a lot of time on food prep, but you don't have to miss out on the flavor. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready to go in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, and then we can get back to work. And you can choose from over 34 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals. 
You can level up and get gourmet plus options and treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. There are also lunch-to-go options and protein plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. And you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of over 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like the delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and more. You can also try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. This September, get factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. And they have a great deal for Irish Breakdown listeners. Head to factor.com slash irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off. That's code irish50 at factormeals.com forward slash irish50 to get 50% off. Try it and enjoy. One more question tonight. NFL season starts tonight with the Lions visiting the reigning Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. How many more Super Bowls do the Chiefs have to win to be considered a dynasty? Oh, boy. So they are – I wish I would have done – a little bit more of homework on this game because I'm trying to remember. I know they have two Super Bowl or sorry, I'm not on this game on this question. I was too busy wrapped up in my, you know, defensive notes, offensive notes, whiteboards, etc. But you know, Patrick Mahomes has won two Super Bowls. Remind me how many appearances he has in the last uh, three, three in the last four years because they've won the two. And then remember, they lost to Tampa Bay and Tom Brady in the other one. Right. And then the year before last, you had. The, the Rams and the Bengals in the Super Bowl. So they've been to three of the last four Super Bowls. They've won two in the last four. And years. they've been to four straight AFC championships Correct. Um, in that stretch as well. So I think if they get one this year, I'll declare it a dynasty. That's five straight AFC championships. That's three Super Bowls in five years and another Super Bowl appearance in that uh, range right now. And listen, they're already borderline dynasty to me as is right now. I think you could uh, that you could almost call them a dynasty, knowing that Patrick Mahomes is going to be there pretty much his entire life. I would say, right? Because I, I would say Patrick Mahomes makes the players around him. Sure, Travis Kelsey is great, and he helps out Patrick Mahomes. The, but the majority of those wide receivers are, you know, in and out of the door, right? Like they fluctuate. A lot of guys, you really like Sky Moore is going to play wide receiver tonight. If you could tell me, you you know what college Sky Moore went to um, and his background, I'd give you a hundred bucks because I don't, right? And so, like, that's the thing. At what Their wide receivers are interplaceable with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback and, more importantly, with Andy Reid behind being the mastermind behind it because he's the guy who's drawing up plays and coming up with these concepts. His wide receivers just have to run the route and let Patrick Mahomes do the rest of it. So I, I just think they're going to be really good for a long time, and I think if they get the Super Bowl this year, I, w- I would declare them as a dynasty going forward. Michael says dynasty is three out of four spoken like a Dallas Cowboys fan, Michael, because that's of course what Dallas won was three out of four. And that's what I think. Let me, I'm trying to think they would not have three out of four. They would have three in five years. But the thing is like the, the Patriots were the obvious dynasty because they kept it going for 20 years with Belichick and Brady. But other than them, who is nobody's done anything close to that. The Chiefs with their two Super Bowls already and third appearance are really the closest thing they have already. You've got to go back to the Cowboys of the early 90s, the 49ers of the 80s, and the Pittsburgh Steelers of 
the 70s, the Steelers won, I think it was, I know they won four, but I think it was in a six-year stretch that they got their four. And then the uh, the 49ers took them a little bit longer across the decade, but they were definitely dominant. Denver, I mean, Denver was an AFC dynasty. They won back-to-back in the night, you know, when at the end of, of Elway. Oh, I, I think I see what Michael's saying. The fact that they've won multiple Super Bowls, but they're also spaced out. A little bit more so i can't go with with denver i think i think i agree with what you're saying i think if the chiefs win one more then you call them a dynasty because there's really no sign as of right now that they're not at least going to get to the afc championship game and they've got the guy who's the best quarterback in the game right now for a very long time i think definitely if they do it this year you call it a dynasty but if they don't do it this year then it depends you know because because again, you still have to factor in the fact that they've even been in another Super Bowl outside of the two that they've won. There's there's nobody else besides the Patriots who have been to that amount of Super Bowls in that, you know, kind of condensed stretch here in in the last 20 plus years, almost 25 years. So I agree. I I think they get the third then you're going to call it a dynasty. Michael says Chiefs five straight AFC championship. That's right, because they lost to the Patriots before that as well. Three Super Bowl appearances and won two of those. I mean, so, yeah, that's already about six AFC championships and three Super Bowls out of those six trips yep. to the AFC championship. Yep. I mean, that's already bordering on dynasty right there. So I think if they win one more, it's got to be considered a dynasty. Personally. Did you uh... – you placed any things for for the game tonight, or you just you just have not placed it? anything for the game tonight? I'm gonna look at some stuff when we get done. <laughs> does it start early tonight? By the way, is it a 7:30 kick or like when when does it start? Let's check here real quick. Uh, nope, 8:20. 8:20. All right, so we still got another hour or so. Um, you know, I'll I placed a multitude of things uh, for tonight's game, but uh, most of it is um, you know. Uh, kind of like some some boosted stuff. Uh, I sent you that boost that I think you should that you should everyone should hop on on FanDuel. Patrick Mahomes two hundred and was like fifty yards, two hundred and twenty five yards, and one touchdown. Uh, that's easy easy money for someone like Patrick Mahomes. He averages about three hundred and three touchdowns in his uh, last three opening games to start the season. Um, uh, something I did for a little lottery or a little fun because I had a profit boost. I took a um, Sky Moore touchdown. An Equinemius St. Brown touchdown, Kansas City Chiefs money line, and Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff to both go for 250 plus. That was a parlay of mine. I boosted it to like plus 1800. So like 25 bucks wins almost 450 um, at Man. the end of the day. So going hard. That's my that's my Vince, lottery ticket for tonight. Vince would be jealous. Vince would be <laughs> jealous. You get to bet 25 bucks on something. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for tonight. And again, IB Countdown to kick off. That will, uh, we will drop that tomorrow evening. Look for uh, both the YouTube as well as the audio uh, podcast coming out Friday night since we've got a noon game Saturday. So have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. Hit the like button on your way out. And of course, subscribe, rate, and review on your podcast platforms. And we will talk to you later on IB Nation Sports Talk.